Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I am so delighted to bring you planner extraordinaire, Sarah Hart. I'm going to the show. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I, I am so excited to chat with you. So our listeners might know or Edit Your Life listeners might know that uh, we were on a podcast together earlier this year. Um, with the mom hour. And it was so great. And I just knew after, as soon as we got off the line, I was like, okay, we need to talk again. <laughs> so I'm really excited about this. So I just want to tell listeners, Sarah, she, well, I was going to say she's a lot, but I don't mean a lot. Like <laughs> she's a lot. She is a mom of three. She is a pediatric endocrinologist. She is co-host of Best of Both Worlds podcast with Laura Vanderkam, as well as the host of Best Laid Plans, where you can get all of your organizational know-how. And I want to say that I just love her website. You can find all of her things at the shoebox, get it, S-H-U. And this is where she unpacks work, life, and motherhood one box at a time. So Sarah, I'm just so delighted to talk to you today because I just, I actually changed habits and how I do things. And I'm a pretty curmudgeonly person, but I changed habits based on your genius advice on the mom hour. That is so exciting. Yes, I'm so excited that you've um, embraced some of the tactile pleasure of using paper, especially for daily list making, which is also a ritual that I have, which I can get into a little bit later on the show. Yeah. But yes, I am balancing a few plates in the air right now, but they're all kind of special to me. And so far, I've been able to make it work. So yeah, lots of things. It's just amazing. Well, let's let's start at kind of like square one. I just would love for you to share with listeners your philosophy around planning, why it matters, and perhaps even why you recommend planning for those who would rather not plan. <laughs> yeah. So I I just think planning is at the heart of intentionality. And I just, when we don't plan, life tends to 
just happen. We fall into patterns. We spend a lot of time doing habits that may or may have not been the habits that we set out to do. Mm. We're very unlikely to find ourselves on some really cool trip because, you know, like, I guess it's possible to spontaneously like end up in Scandinavia doing something, but probably not like not, not, not super, super likely, <laughs> especially once you reach the phase in your life where you have children and where there are a lot of moving parts. I think that's when planning becomes particularly important um, in order to make sure that your life still has all the things that are that you hold dear. So yes, I am a true planning devotee. Uh, I joke to my husband that it's the secret to everything. And I don't think I'll ever stop planning. I think that's great. I think that's great. And one of the reasons I actually wanted to have you on, you know, we're recording this towards the end of February and it's, it's just, you know, we're a bit deeper into 2022 and obviously January to me, it really feels like the month of best intentions, which is great. Like everybody wants to start a new thing. They want to like get organized. I'm sure I said something in that vein, but I think my email asked to you was something like, oh, what do you think about an episode about like what to do when your planning goes to crap? (laughs) Which is actually very on brand with edit your life and like forgiveness and pivoting and course correction. So I'd be curious about what you would say to people who might be feeling crappy about their January systems not working. And then like, where to start with planning if somebody's like, okay, I want to like try to like clean the slate and start again. I mean, full disclosure, I am there right now. I feel like if anything, I have had a bit of a fail start to 2022. And I'll set that up with the fact that we did buy a house in January. Like we closed on our house. We have not moved into said house because we're trying to do the floor. And I really underestimated how much mental space a move takes up. I kind of minimized it because we're only moving like a mile <laughs> down the road, but it's still it doesn't a move. matter. <laughs> it's still a move. There are all sorts of incredibly boring and torturous things involved, like insurance and, you know, roof stuff. And like, I don't even know. And then um, we've had some illnesses, not COVID actually, but like GI bugs, like yucky mm, things yes. running through our house. Yes. And I don't know. I, I was saying as I was interviewing you that for me, this seems this coming out of the pandemic phase for me has felt really tumultuous. I think there have been a lot of feelings that I've kind of kept tamped down because 2020 and a lot of 2021 felt a little bit more like crisis mode. And now I'm sort of dealing with them. So I feel that exact way. I had so many plans. I had so many planners set up for 2022. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, part of that is because I have a show about planners and I like to use lots of them because I can show examples and talk about them, et cetera. But it was also because I thought it would be fun. And fast forward, I'm using like two out of the seven or something that I had uh, identified. And a lot of my goals that I had set for myself for January, I was like, "Mm, never mind, (laughs) like just do over. And so what I would say is that just because you have had a rough start doesn't mean that planning doesn't work. It just means that that's okay, and that you get to start over again. Not that you have to, but you get to and that there is not just one time of the year that you might be sitting down and taking stock as to what your priorities are and what you want the next several weeks or months to look like, but you can do that at any time. So full permission for anyone who needs it to have the do-over that they need any time throughout the year, because I know that I'm sort of doing one right now. Mm. And if somebody is, you know, wanting to explore kind of a new way to plan, like what would you suggest as like a best way to get started or a point of inspiration? I mean, obviously I will link up your Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? 
If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted, and after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. Or, um, website in the show notes, but I think it can also be a little bit overwhelming for people to think about how to reorganize how they do things. I think the first thing to really think about are the different time horizons of planning Mm. and also to give yourself some permission to spend time planning. And I don't mean like spend time like furiously writing down lists or collecting every to do item, although there is a time and place for that, but actually time to like sit in peace and dream about what you want out of the next year, maybe the next five years. In fact, you might start with and then let yourself think of the next year. And then you can zoom in further as to, okay, if I want my year to contain this, what would I want my next quarter? Or I use quintiles, but, you know, segment of the year to look like. And if I want my segment of the year to have these priorities, what might be good focuses for the month? And if those are my month's priorities, then you can kind of drill down further. And I call that um, technique nested goals. Mm. But if you're starting from absolute scratch, you could just, you know, give yourself a quiet afternoon to to allow yourself to be creative and create some nested goals. Like, you know, in an ideal world, what would you want to do this year? What would you want to do in the next few months? And then think about your month. And then that will help you get a little bit more practical and granular with actual to-dos. And that can be in any format, by the way. That could just be like a giant Word document to start with. It could be in a pretty notebook that you like. You could use an app such as Todoist, whatever, you know, there's no one right way to plan. I think the mistake is thinking that it has to be a certain way and not giving yourself the time to do it because it's not instant. And it is, I think, deeper work than we give it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I love about what you 
uh, said a few moments ago when you, I think you used the word dream, like what, think about your dreams in sort of the long term, is that I think that a lot of people probably associate planning and goal setting with like productivity and getting stuff done and crushing this and crushing that or losing weight or, you know, all these things that are kind of, they're not the most fun feeling <laughs> things. But I love that idea of really putting an emphasis on like what matters to you and what are you dreaming about and what would feel really joyful and prioritizing that into a plan. You know, it's as as you said, you know, if you're a, a busy parent and it's going to be hard to really do a last minute trip, you you need to plan some of these things. Yes. I was going to mention, um, you talked about planning for people who really don't want to plan. I touched on a an interesting concept that I came up with called planning privilege, which I guess I could mention because <laughs> um, it, it got picked up by like someone who wrote a newsletter and they were all excited about it. And what planning privilege is, is someone who says they don't like to plan. Usually, you know, one half of a partner, there does not have to be a gender, you know, specific to this. It could be mm. either half of a partner, but who actually benefits from having the planning done for them by the other half. So I do know a lot of couples where like one person will just be like, oh, planning's, you know, I don't need to plan. Like, I'm just not a planner. I like to be spontaneous, but it's like, well, I'm, I'm living a life that benefits from a lot of planning. I'm just not doing it. So sometimes I do ask people who say like, they're not into planning or don't feel like they need to plan. If perhaps maybe it's because they have a little bit of planning privilege in their lives and maybe Mm. somebody else is doing it for them. And maybe that's okay. Sometimes that's like someone's greatest joy is kind of like creating the structure for their family. And and it's not that they mind doing it, but it may just be that you're not like noticing that that work is being done because it is work. Yeah, that's really interesting. And actually, sorry, one (laughs) that volleys me to one other thing that I wanted to mention that I think I've talked about with Asha on the show is that another little nuance to planning in a family system or a couple, a couplehood is that is something I learned from my husband, which is that I tend to be an advanced planner and, you know, back sort of pre COVID when lots of things were coming down the pike, I would just kind of put them on the calendar and get them in the system. And I realized with, with him, it's not that he doesn't want to commit to things. It's that he legitimately wants to make a decision closer to the event to actually see how he's feeling about it. And I really respect that. So we, we've been working on, or I, it's really taken a, a lot of work on my part to be a little more spontaneous about things, but he's also, we've kind of moved towards each other in the middle to try to accommodate both the sense of needing to figure out what's happening and then also allowing for the breathing room to make decisions based on how you actually feel and what you want to do. And that's really valid too. Absolutely. So I think there are so many nice ways to come to a a middle ground there, whether it's even one party saying, I'm going to go on X trip and you can come if you feel like that's the right thing for you at that time. Or even being really careful if it's about travel, like looking at cancellation policies and being like, look, totally cool if we decide that this isn't for us. But if there's, you know, free cancellation for a month, we can we can put it on the schedule and then decide close to the time if we really want to move forward. Because I have found that if you just you know, do nothing in certain scenarios. Sometimes opportunities just become a little bit more scarce, Um, but there's so many ways to find nice middle ground. And I like, I love that like respect that you are cultivating there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into more tactics in the back half of the show, but I would like to acknowledge, as I said at the top of the episode, that you do a lot of things. (laughs) And so in order to help listeners get over any potential intimidation factor with you, and I have to say you are like the nicest person ever, like people should not be intimidated. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, from a getting stuff done perspective, they may be. 
So I'm curious about if you could share a really simple and easy way that you use planning to keep all of your plates spinning. It could be a tool. It could be sort of a, you know, philosophical approach, whatever kind of speaks to you. Two things. Number one, I do have a paper planner that like literally holds all the time things. And I know this could be Google Calendar, it could be Outlook, but I actually have a lot of calendars feeding into my calendar. I have my clinical calendar. I have my Outlook for work. My husband sometimes sends me Google invites. I need everything in one place. And I've decided that for me, a paper solution is the best for that. So I do kind of live and die by that. I can see whether the pieces are going to fit together and I can do a lot of triage to see if a week is going to be out of control or not. The other kind of more philosophical thing is that I do not let perfect be the enemy of the good. Um, it's funny. I have really nice handwriting. I think in some ways people think of me as a perfectionist, but, um, if you've worked closely with me, you will know that I'm not, (laughs) and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that like I, Laura and I, neither of us are, and we're, we're more like, we get a lot done that way. We send drafts to each other that are not perfect and we Mm. send it back. And, you know, by the time we air it, it's like pretty good, but we're not like, you know, rehearsing it 10 times to get it because it's she's done a TED talk and she knows what that's like, but I haven't. And that's not what our podcast is. Right. Or like, um, you know, putting together notes for an interview. A lot of times I find that interviews just go off in spontaneous directions anyway. So I you saw my notes. They were like three bullet points. And I hope my shows are still decently organized. So I guess I do. Um, I try not to overdo things. Um, and that allows me to do a lot. I don't think I could do the podcast that I do if I spent many hours prepping each one. It just wouldn't be possible. And I have blogged since 2004, which is obscene. You're even more old school than I am. Oh my goodness. I'm coming up on 18 years straight of blogging. Not every day of those 18 years, but like a lot of posts, like hundred. And I am just so happy that they're there and they're so imperfect. There are totally typos. Sometimes my dad will like text me with a typo or something like, oops. Um, And there are things in there that aren't said eloquently, but like, I would just rather get something out there into the world and create and think rather than like try to do things really, really well. So I guess. I love it. I think that's perfect. I I think perfect to be imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the mantras here. All right, we have more to chat about. We're going to continue the conversation after a quick break. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. 
Okay, friends, we are back with Sarah Hart Unger. We're talking about planning and restarting and uh, actually deeper things about letting go of perfection. So I am in love with it all. Um, Sarah, you cover a ton of, it's like your website is like the perfect place to land if you want to dive into like planning nerddom and it's beautiful. So I would love, and I hope you will share the links with me after so I can include them in the show notes. Tell us about what you're using right now. What are your favorite tools as you're restarting after a bit of a rough start to 2022? Yeah, so I am sticking with some of my original tools, just not all of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm currently using every single day my Hobonichi Techo Cousin, which is a planner that is made in Japan. And um, I've been using them on and off since like 2014. I really love them. What I love about them is it's a planner that has daily, weekly, and monthly pages in it. To be fair, I don't use the monthly calendars in there for much, but I use the weekly like crazy. Like when I said I have a hard landscape that I live and die by, that is like my weekly and my Hobonichi. And I use the daily pages every day to set my priorities, to like really understand what my schedule is for the day, to track certain things that I try to, you know, keep track of. And um, it's just sort of like, I don't know, my daily page. And I, I absolutely have that with me throughout the day. Although ironically, it's downstairs and I'm upstairs, so I can't give you a visual right now. But it has a beautiful cover by a designer, Japanese designer who goes by Mina Perhonen. And mm-hmm. um, it's soft and I just love it. So that's like my everyday carry. And then at other times when I want something even more to like take notes in, I love the full focus planner. Although I was using that more in January and I'm probably going to pick it up again later. So I guess, yeah, right now, my main paper thing that I'm using every single day is just the Hobonichi Techo and the pens that come with it, which are Uniball Jetstream three color pens, although I pretty much only use the black. Oh, it, the, the, it actually comes together as a set. So this, I do have one next to me. Um, every year they release a different color body. So I have like a million of these, but yeah, it's just like, you know, one of those clicky pens. I can go to red, blue, or black, but the occasional red accent, I pretty much always just write in black. (laughs) And if I want a little color on my page, I will use um, the highlighters that everyone now has called the zebra mild liners that come in a million beautiful, vibrant colors. Um, And I think I have all of them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. I just love the little, just the little nuances that everybody has with things. And this is reminding me, I think I did an Instagram live actually showing Uh, the evolution of my hybrid planning that thanks to you starting because I, when I started writing in my little moleskin notebook to outline my day, it was just kind of boring, like line, line, line. And then I started like doodling cats and just making diamond shapes and just, we all do our things that kind of comfort us. And I love that so much. I do have some digital things that I use a lot. Um, One of them I got from Sarah Powers. So I am using Todoist and I have like my yearly goals on there and my quintile goals and a few kind of like targeted lists. Like my kids are going to sleepaway camp this year and I have about 20 things I need to buy and do for that. So that's like its own list. And I'm an Apple Notes devotee. So for Mm. everything related to my podcasts in particular, and then some of my work lists are still on there, although I think I may migrate them to Todoist. Um, But for some reason, I just think it works so well with podcasting. Like I'll have a list of questions that came in kind of all in one spot in a folder. And like for best laid plans, I, if I have like a planner review that I'm waiting for, I have all that stuff tracked there. So that's kind of my other digital toolbox. Yeah. You are truly hybrid. That's really, really cool. Well, speaking of that, I know we talked on when we recorded for your show, we talked about family calendars and I think at your life listeners know about my giant poster board calendar. 
But I'm, I am I was my ears did perk up when you said that your husband will occasionally send you calendar invites, because as we all know, my husband will not accept my calendar invites from Google. So what do you suggest for family schedule planning, especially if you have some people who are super digital and others who are not? So I'm, I'm kind of failing in that realm right now. So I might be a bad person to ask, <laughs> but um, no, not, not, not terribly. So we have kind of a hybrid approach there too. My husband prefers Google Calendar for himself. So if there is an event I want him to know about, I send him a Google Calendar invite, mm. even though I don't use that. And sometimes he will send them back to me. And it's not that I'm going to use Google Calendar, but that comes to my email. So that's great. I know then to write it in my paper planner. So I would say we communicate Ah, with our family calendars back and forth that way. We also take um, usually a couple times a year when we're on like, uh, we're very lucky in that we've gotten to take a couple of like little weekend trips. We do have a full-time nanny that's worked for our family for like nine years. We feel, you know, sometimes she'll take the kids for a weekend, which is the best treat ever. And we'll do like a calendar session, which I guess is not the world's most romantic, but we have fun doing it. We think of it more about like dreaming about the fun we can craft yeah, in the of ahead course. and less of it like a tedious, you know, to do item. And so before 2022 started, we sat down with a calendar that I had. It was like this cute little paper monthly um, planner by Ashley Shelley that I actually still use. It's like tucked into the side of my Hobonichi. And we were just like, what, what, when are the kids vacations? What, where should we go? Like, when can we do another date weekend, et cetera. So I would say kind of large scale, we do some of that planning together, which really helps. And then on a micro level, we do um, have this weekly whiteboard that we use every single week. Mm. And if it's not there, everybody like starts to like freak out and they're like, why isn't it done? And I'm, I'm the only one who ever does it, but that's okay. I, I like doing it. Um, it's an Erin Condren branded whiteboard. Yes. It's pretty big. It goes up on our hallway. Um, or it lives up on our hallway and you write on it with dry. It's supposed to be for wet erase, but we've always used it with dry erase and it works fine. There's been a little bit of like smudging that's happened over the years, but it's it's doable. And I put um, basically all the kids activities who's driving to the kids to school, which days, because it's usually like me two or three days, my husband a day, our nanny two days. like it varies based on the week. Um, any sports our kids have, what's for dinner each night, um, mm, and then uh-huh. any weekend things that we already have on the calendar, like if there's a birthday party coming up and our kids now really look at this calendar to see what's coming up in terms of fun stuff or even like what's for dinner. Um, So that's a really functional kind of short-term planning tool we use in our household. And um, I think we'll have a version of this like forever. I really like it. Yeah, that's super genius. I'm I'm still thinking about the like meal planning. We're we're not notoriously the greatest about meal planning, but what a nice, simple way to build in a little routine. And kids, you know, they do love routine and knowing what's coming. So that's super smart. Okay. Well, the last question I have for you, Edit Your Life listeners really like granularity. (laughs) And so I am curious, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but your husband is also a doctor, right? So I think this, I think that conveys like why planning is probably really important for your family. You have a lot of scheduling things to deal with. So I'm curious about, especially how you use your favorite tools to keep you on track with all the intention switching that is required when you're parenting, working, tending to a podcast, et cetera. As I mentioned, our the Edit Your Life listeners really love granularity and how-to. And I will admit this is a partially selfish question because I just find the constant attention switching between Todoist and my calendar is pretty exhausting. So I would I would love inspiration for how to optimize that. <laughs> yeah, I don't do a lot of switching back and forth now mm. that you mention it. I think So every single morning I have a pretty like 
dorky morning routine. Let's hear that. it. That's what I want. The day you walk me through the day. Well, but some of it's not planning. So I, I pretty much I get up at five and I read and then I do my headspace. And that's my chose my preferred mm. meditation app. And then that's usually my time that I plan. So I get out my Hobonichi for the day. I look at what I've put on my weekly list, which generally comes from Todoist. So I don't keep my weekly list in Todoist. Todoist is like monthly on or sorry. Yeah, like monthly on up. Like not weekly, not certainly not daily. I tried putting some daily tasks on there. It was so annoying. I was like, never again. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I'm not really even looking at Todoist in the morning. The only time I'm looking at Todoist is like the beginning of the month or like the end of the week. Actually, like on Sundays, I'll look at it because I'll mm-hmm. think about like, what do I want to pull onto my weekly list? And that goes on this um, on my Hobonichi on the weekly spread. There's a column on the left. And that's pretty much where I put all of the tasks I'm hoping to get done for the week. Now, my jobs are like, I don't know how I'd put it. I feel like you're going to have more tasks than I have because on my patient care days, like my task, there's no task. Like I go to work and I see patients. Like yeah. There's nothing I need to really write down. It's more like what'll get put on there are a few tasks related to my job as residency program director. So a lot of times I will have a few things I need to put on there for that. And then a lot of parenting related things and maybe a couple of podcast related things. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of my pod stuff is just like very scheduled. Like it goes into the calendar. So I don't necessarily need to refer to it as a task. It's more just going to show up on my Hobonichi. But like in the morning when I'm doing my planning to plan my day, I'm looking at my weekly spread so I can see exactly what's on my calendar for that day. Admittedly, sometimes I also pull up my phone and just pull up the Apple calendar, which pulls all my electronic calendars just to make sure I didn't like miss anything. And usually I haven't, but just in case. Um, And that the reason is because like work uses Outlook and they may dump something on my calendar and I'm not somehow right. didn't realize it. So I'll make sure there's nothing else extra. And then I look at the the list items that I have on the side of my weekly list. And then I decide what I'm going to do for the day. And like today, all I had on there was like, you know, this, um, like a little home task and like one other thing. Like I try not to put a million things because truthfully, I don't have time to do a million things. I have too many hard landscape scheduled things most days yeah. for there to be a million things. Um, and then that's it. I'm like done looking at Todoist. I'm done looking at my weekly spread. The only time I'd be looking at my weekly spread is if I get something in my email and I need to then like, you know, put a new um, calendar item in my planner or like a new to-do list item to remind me. But that's more like constructive rather than referring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say there's not there's not a lot of back and forth. And then, you know, as I go throughout my day, I'll take little notes in there. I check off things as I complete them. I might, if I hear a great podcast, I'll write it down so I can remember to mention it on my blog or whatever. Um, but I'm not really going back. And I think that does help. I also, um, I quit social media, which I think yes, helps my notable helps my monkey brain a lot because, um, there are fewer things that I can go to as like little random quick check distractions compared to how many there used to be. Now it's basically just like email and blog comments. And let me tell you, like, there's only a finite number of times you can check those things versus Instagram was like yeah. an infinite um, ability and and your job contains Instagram. So I don't have like a great advice on like how to corral that because I think I'd really struggle with that. But I um, I was inspired by Cal Newport and I'm like, listen, if he can achieve these these echelons of success that he's achieving mm-hmm. with that Instagram, then I can do it too. That's amazing. <laughs> so, That's amazing. And so that helps me. And one other question related to this, you're a runner, I think. So where, where do you yes. fit that in? Is that like a, are you an evening? I run at six. <laughs> I run at 6am. So oh, it's six. Okay. Okay. 
my morning, like I wasn't even done with the morning thing, but after I do my, my whole planner thing, that takes me like seven minutes. It doesn't take that long. Cause it's like okay. all there. And then I usually write my blog post and I aim to be done my blog post by 6am. And then I head out the door at six and I'm usually back by like 645, 650. And then that's when we start getting the kids ready for school. Right. And thankfully my kids are at an age where like, we have to wake, we have to drag them out of bed. Like they are, they're not early birds mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you'll go through your whole workday land for family dinner. And then are you usually, are you working at night on podcasts and other things or are you with the family? Sometimes if I have something due, I, I, I can procrastinate some, I don't procrastinate to like a severe amount, but sometimes like if Laura and I have something coming up, that'll be like the fire to get me to do something. If I'm feeling creative, if the kids are watching a show and I'll like type out some notes for a show, but I don't do a lot of work at night. Honestly, I'm more apt to work during a lunch hour or like on a weekend, if my kid is at a sports event, I'll like whip out my laptop and write something. But I don't do a lot of work at night. I don't do a lot of planning at night. I don't even write in my planners much at night. Mm-hmm. I would love to do more journaling. And it's something I am trying to do. But honestly, I am such a morning person and I run out of energy that I find it difficult. Oh, yeah, please. I'm usually in my PJs by 8 p.m. and up and stare up in my bed with a book by like 930. <laughs> it's just that's how it goes. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this has been so fun. Well, I want to close with um, your next edit at the end of each show. This is what I usually share, uh, but when it's a guest interview, I have the guest share. And your next edit is a super actionable tip that listeners can consider doing right away after they finish listening. In the context of our conversation today, I would love for you to share your next edit. Yes. So I decided I think your next edit should be to get your calendar out and plan your next vacation because (laughs) we are all getting to a place where there are probably at least some travel experiences that you're more comfortable with and we all need rest and time with family or friends. And so, you know, sometimes we put this off, but it, it can get harder the closer you are to a given time. And a lot of times there are so many moving pieces to coordinate. So I challenge you to get your calendar out and maybe start thinking about like, summer hiking trip or something fun like that. Mm -hmm. This is a great logistical planning move and also quite frankly, a mental health move. We, we need to have some joyful things in our life and connection to people. It's really, really important. Sarah, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. I love talking with you today. Anytime, Christine, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thanks. All right, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.